Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. This is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses by making an impact in the world. And I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, the co-founder of GTEx. Uh, now, if you're new to the show, we are giving you different episodes each week, sometimes with a guest like we have today, an incredible guest, sometimes is a solo episode, not sharing a bit more the behind the scene of what we do, or sometimes is a, a client that we interview to share some of the successes and celebrate them and understand how they reach uh, the results that they got. Uh, now, before we get started, a few more things. If you have not subscribed to the show, Make sure you subscribe right now so you don't miss any other incredible episodes. As well as uh, if you have not downloaded one of our free resources, make sure you do it as well. Uh, we have created a, a, the Expert Business Checklist, which is a checklist that helps you, you know, make sense in the, in the jungle that is navigating a business. <laughs> so make sure you check it out so you can understand what are your priorities and is a checklist that helps you understand your priorities, whether you might be wasting your time, what to focus on. So you can find the link in the show notes. Um, without any further ado, let's introduce our guest for today. I would like to introduce today Jerry Houston. is uh, an author of The Eccentric Entrepreneur. You're going to understand more about that in a moment. Is the founder and CEO of the HPI Solution, an organization which is dedicated to enabling behavior change in individuals and teams so that people and organizations can realize their highest potential and maximize results. Today, we are going to talk about how you can dare to be different and build a business through mutual benefit, respect, and trust. Welcome to Jerry Houston. Jerry, how are you doing today? Good, Ms. Anche. How are you? I am incredibly well. Definitely, my foot is getting better after the crack, and I'm happy that I can you know, walk again and uh, so I appreciate my body. I appreciate it. <laughs> so t- tell us, tell us, where are you from? Uh, well, uh, I'm from Chicago, Illinois originally, but uh, I have lived now 20 years out in Phoenix, Arizona. And so uh, we're enjoying the heat, which is up around 112 to 114 degrees Fahrenheit uh, this time of year. I, I, I always uh, throw a curveball question at the beginning to, to all my guests. And I want to ask you, um, what, what has been your favorite holiday that you ever had so far and why? Favorite holiday that I've had so far ever? Ever. Ever. I, I should say my birthday, right? That would be appropriate. No. <laughs> I honestly, uh, I, I really, really enjoy, you know, the typical holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I enjoy that time of the year. Uh, it's a time of gathering, you know, with friends and family. And, and so it's something I look forward, forward to uh, every single year. Uh, is, that, is that family and uh, connection or something important for you? Well, my family is all over the country. <laughs> so, so getting together are precious times when we get together, besides on Zoom, of course, which we, we do frequently. But, but we really enjoy when we can actually gather. That's a, that's a, that's a good time. Well, and, and that leads me to the next question, which is, uh, you know, going into talking, we're going to talk about business. You know, um, how is a connection important for business and what has been your experience with that? How is the connection to, I'm yeah, sorry. Connection, like connecting with people. 
uh, well, important for for business? Well, that's really that's that's a really uh, important uh, question because uh, a business is a family. It's a different kind of family, and some businesses, of course, especially entrepreneurial businesses, there are actual blood-related family members in the business. We could talk about that on another show because it'll take up the whole the whole show. But but uh, I have had wonderful long relationships with two of my partners, twenty-one years apiece, uh, long relationships uh, with them in this business, and. We care deeply about each other. It isn't just about making a living or uh, or s- serving our clients, which is very important. And, and, and another family that's been created, of course, is the relationship we have with clients. And, uh, you know, I was on the phone with a client yesterday who lost a person and wants to replace that person. And uh, we talked more about grandparenting than we did about business. On that, on that call. And, and that's, the, that's the development of the relationships that are so, so, so important. And that's also what, I guess, builds trust, that's uh, which, builds is, trust. which is a big part of what you talk about also in your book, The Eccentric Entrepreneur. Uh, how did you get to write the book? Like, what's the story behind the book? Well, I got right to it. I started the business in 1992, and I finally wrote the book 20 years later. So it took me a long time to get to it, but actually I think it was good because I have all of this history and the book is a legacy book. So it is a book uh, in part about me, my life. Uh, how did a nice guy like me end up in a business like this? Uh, what caused that to happen? And, and just the whole idea that uh, the business, if you love what you do, well, we're gonna, I know we're going to talk a lot about that today. If you love what you do, it isn't work. It's, it's, the business is a part of me. Hmm. It's connected to me. And that's why even now, uh, as I am well into my 70s, I'm still doing it because I love every day. Well, maybe not every day, maybe four out of five in a week, you know, everybody's going to have a bad day, but, but really, I truly, I, I just absolutely love what I do. Is that, have, you, have you ever thought about, you know, let me shut down everything and retire at the thought of retirement in the traditional sense of retirement um, passed through your mind? Yes. And we have a, an unwritten rule in our business that if you've just had it up to there, that you, you're allowed to quit. So I'm allowed to quit. I could retire for an hour and then I have to get back to work because our clients need us. So, you know, so there you are, but no, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like the R word very much. Uh, I live in an active adult community. Some people call it a retirement community. No, no, no. <laughs> Active adult. That's, that's the people I want to hang out with. Well, uh, I, I must because uh, I can, there are a lot of people like that they reach a, you know, a certain age and then you say, you know what? I just want to keep going. I want to stop. But the majority of people that I know that there are entrepreneur, the, the idea of retirement is not even a concept a lot of time for them because uh, there is nothing to retire from. It's like, I'm retired for, for something that I love and enjoy. Why should I stop doing that? <laughs> exactly right. Why uh, would so, you remove that from your life? Now, maybe uh, I'm more flexible with my time. 
these days than I was when I first started uh, in the business. But, uh, you know, I had, I had greater financial needs then than I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, things change, right? right? And when circumstances change, we need to adjust to the circumstances that we're, that we're in. So, so uh, it just, it's just a lot of fun to hang around with people you have a lot of respect for that are really professionals and that uh, deliver. And that's true of all of our partners, all of our partners from the newest one to the one that's been here the longest. Uh, they, they deliver what we promised the first time, every single yeah. time. And that's so important. It, it makes me look good, frankly. <laughs> well, you, you know what? It is, um, I think it's also a, a message for like all the younger entrepreneurs that are listening to the show to have something to aim for. No, because uh, I, I know that I have some people, and I think we all make our personal judgments of, you know, when I grow older or when I grow up, I want to be like that, or I don't want to be like that. And we all need role models. And uh, I think that definitely like the career that you had, that you, that you have is an inspiration for people to say, you know what, how arriving at 70 and actually keep doing something that you absolutely love and being incredibly loved and respected by, because I had the pleasure to also meet some of your team members in your business, which not many people might have to. And everyone is like speaking incredibly high of you. And um, I think is a, is an inspiration for, for a lot of people that are, that are listening here. Well, and, 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 you know, we have our youngest partner is in her thirties and our senior partner is 76 eldest partner, I should say, is 76. And so that's quite a, quite a spread. And that's another part that adds richness. Uh, just getting, having gotten to know you, Simone, you're young, you're energetic. Uh, so I broke my foot playing basketball. So what? Up and at them, right? Uh, you, just have, you just have this energy that I love being around people who have that kind of energy. And, and sadly, some senior people, lose that energy, especially when they lose focus in their lives as to what now, now I'm retired. Now, what, mm-hmm. now, what am I doing something meaningful in my life or am I not doing something meaningful in my life? And they're looking for things to do play golf four times a week yeah. or something. Right. I know that you are, um, like one of your passion is, uh, you know, that's also the work that, uh, that you do in, in organization to enhancing human potential, to make sure that, you know, people, uh, that organizations, uh, they get the most out of uh, the people and people get the most out of the organization is, is a big part of what you're doing and that you're passionate about. From your own perspective in your business, uh, I'm just curious, having this diversity, you mentioned your that the, the, the age gap between the, the eldest partner and the youngest partner. What does that bring to the business? What value does, does that bring to the business? Well, it, it, it brings a deeper level of understanding of other people when we're working with people. And it isn't just a, well, generational issues can be very significant in organizations, as we both know. Um, and also the diversity that comes from having partners that are African-American, that are women, that are men, that are, that are uh, uh, you know, uh, Eva Skoldal, my, uh, my partner from the hinterland up there is, uh, you know, is another example. He brings such a level of knowledge of the world 
Uh, and all of that adds up to a richness in the culture of the company that, that uh, we've even still allowed one person from Chicago to stay in our business. I mean, you know, we welcome everyone uh, to this business and our partners are everywhere. They're everywhere. They're in uh, Japan, they're in Singapore, they're, they're in the United States. They're, they're all over the place. And think of the, you know, we just wrote a new module in partnership with a group that we work with called Diversity and Inclusion. You know, and, you know, diversity is being invited to the dance. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And so we're trying to help people understand those two dynamics. Okay, so say it again. Repeat that again. Diversity is being invited to the dance. So it's okay for you to come to my dance. But inclusion says, I want to dance with you. I want to be engaged with I you. I never heard it explained in this way. That's beautiful. That's I, stole, beautiful. I stole that. So I won't take credit for that, mm -hmm. for that slogan. But, it's, but isn't it true, though, when you think about it, that's what we all strive for is that everybody is, is, uh, is viewed on their merits and on their character, right? Yeah. That, that's what's really important, not how tall short. And I, was, I was actually going to ask something about diversity and inclusion right now, which I'm glad you, you started this because it was going to be the next question that popped in my head. You know, you work, you work a lot with teams and the part of the team dynamic and what, each individual team members is able to bring to the table to create something magical within the organization. When does uh, diversity and inclusion becomes, uh, you know, like a, a checkbox exercise? Because uh, now that uh, is mainstream and it's part of the agenda, you know, there is, everyone is talking about diversity and inclusion. So we need to have someone who is uh, uh, like a, disabled and someone who is black someone who is chinese some and sometimes it just becomes a, a checkbook exercise for the company when does it not become like that what does it need to happen within the organization for actually making sure that every individual feels valued in there i'm going to say something and you're going to agree with it right away because i've gotten to know you enough now uh, to understand your character a bit And, and because you invite everybody from everywhere to participate with you at some level or another. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, we, it's all about ownership. Until a person owns their responsibility and diversity and inclusion, and they really believe it in their heart, it's, it's not going to happen. Then it is a checkbox. And, and the company says, okay, did the diversity inclusion class, let's move on to uh, dealing with negative behavior or something. <laughs> let's move on to something else, you know, or uh, laws related to compliance and HR. You know, let's check that box off and let's keep moving. Uh, and, and, and good organizations, they, they, want, uh, they want to embrace talent and character and uh, attitude you know we hire people think about this we hire people for their skills we go through resumes and we interview and look at their credentials and did they go to harvard university or cambridge or where did they go and then we hire them and then 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 seven months later we fire them for attitude we don't fire people for skill <laughs> that's so true 
That's so true. Because they can't get along with their coworkers or they're disrespectful to someone from a different race or, or a different culture. Uh, not acceptable. Not acceptable. And I think you have to start at not acceptable. <laughs> and we won't, we won't work with a company who would embrace those kinds of ideas. That's not for us. We want to embrace companies that, that want to have behavior change occur in their organization. Right. Yeah, and I love what you what you started with, which is ownership, ownership, where the company takes ownership, where the individual takes ownership, where everyone involved in the decision making process, the execution takes ownership for how do they show up, the attitude that they have, then uh, you can create an environment where everyone is valued, where everyone is, is respected, where everyone is performing at a high level for them, for the company. So. I love the word that you picked, ownership. Definitely everyone that is listening, I'm taking notes here. Everyone takes notes. Uh, you wrote Eccentric Entrepreneur. Why did you start with the title Eccentric? Like, what, well, does, what does Eccentric mean to you? Well, I have to confess that the original title was The Lunatic Entrepreneur and my editor. <laughs> <laughs> was a very brave young woman said, Jerry, I don't think you want to use the word lunatic. It, it could denote some negative things and not the right word. And so we together came up with eccentric. And, and I, I love that word now more than the word lunatic, even though I do think there is some, in my case, at least some lunacy connected with starting a business. When you're in your 40s, you're getting remarried. You're, my first wife passed away, and so I'm now getting remarried a couple of years later, and uh, I'm gaining, you know, three more children. So now I have six children, all teenagers, getting ready to go to college. To me, that's a lunatic. So that's where the original name came from. But eccentric, right, right, rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> rightly so. Rightly so. So eccentricity really means just being a little left to center, right? You're just crazy enough to try something, to try something that you've not done. Um, I had never sold anything in my entire life until I became, uh, you know, an entrepreneur and found out that if you want clients, you guess you better go out and sell something. And so, uh, you know, that was that was an adventure for me. It was not an easy adventure for me. Uh, so I think I think that if you're willing to take some risk. If you're willing to have courage, even in the face of fear, all of which I talk about in my book, uh, that, you know, you saddle up anyway and you get going, mm. get going and, uh, and you get knocked down and you get back up, right? You break your foot, you get back up, you know, you, you just keep going. And, and the more, and I learned all of this, uh, uh, Simone, really, I have a disabled son and he operates at a very, very low intellectual level, very low. It's less than 25 IQ. Uh, and what he has accomplished in his life, and he's, he's been living on his own. He lives in a group home, but he's been living, you know, not with me since he was 21 years old. He turned 50 last year. <laughs> I almost hate to say the words, 50. <laughs> but, but he is, in fact, 50. And he goes to work, and he does what he's capable of doing, and he's a lovely, wonderful guy that really cares about other people. Um, and, and, uh, and he's happy in his life. So he has this life that is out, just like any of your children. When you have children, you want them to go off and, and have a good life. And, I, and, I, and, I, and frankly, I had lower expectations for him. 
Um, and uh, he proved me wrong. And he's been an inspiration to me that if he can do all of that yeah. with his functioning level, what can I do with my functioning level? What can I do? And that's part of what drove me to write this book. And I talk about him and I talk about my belated wife and, and others in the, in the book because they're courageous people, <laughs> you know, uh, and when you're courageous, you know, you can accomplish anything as long as you don't mind every once in a while a mishap, like, like breaking your foot, you know, you have a mishap, you have it, you know, and then you get up, dust yourself off and you keep going. And that's, uh, I think that's really important. You talked about courage being, uh, like, no, gives you um, your wife, uh, your 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 son. They give you. You saw their courage, so he said, "You know what? It's time also for me to use this give, like to get my courage to do yeah. something." Um, <laughs> what does courage mean to you? What is your definition of courage? Well, I used part of it, which is saddling up anyway. Get on the horse, get going. If you fall off the horse, get back on the horse. I, when I was a kid, I rode farm horses, you know, with no saddles. And farm horses are very wide, you know. So you're a little guy and your legs are sticking straight out. You can't, you can't get them down on the horse, you know. And, and, uh, and I've fallen off of horses, you know. And, and again, I think you just, you get up and you see, so you keep going. Uh, how, how can you be a sustainable business for the long term? You know, uh, what I mean, uh, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. There's no such thing. You know, it's like it's like a jet plane. It does not fly straight. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course, it just all along the way. It's the same thing. Uh, and we've had we've had some miserable years in the business. 2008 you know, comes screaming into my head, uh, you know, miserable years, lost 80 percent of our business during 2008. And then we all went through covid, you know, so there was that. <laughs> and, and you just, you know, you keep going, you keep going. And if that doesn't work, if, if people fail in business, but that doesn't mean you won't fail in the next one. But how did you how do you find that courage? to keep going because you know sometimes you might have the courage to start but having the courage to keep going uh it is another it is another level and i can say because uh, like even with covid with in one of our companies for, fortunately one um the training company gtex which is the one that many people know here in the show that w that went fine we managed to transition well but right. in another company we lost a quarter of a million in a week like this of contracts bam And we worked, uh, and you know how it is with corporate contracts, we're all corporate contracts. So it took about six months to a year to get those contracts. So you're actually taking six months or a year of work to get those. And as soon as they start, bam, bam, cancel one after the other. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. I mean, besides the financial impact, it just is very deflating <laughs> when you think about your own psyche and about what happens, right? So how do you, keep the courage to keep going when there are this kind of moments. Well, you know, I joked about, we take the hour off and we quit. You know, I've, I joked about that, but that's real. We have another thing we do called group scream. So we're all remote, you know, we're all on zoom with each other all of the time. So we were having a discussion and something went wrong and it's, you know, and we're working on it. We're all frustrated. So we all go outdoors And we scream at the top of our lungs and we all come back in. It's the most ridiculous thing you can imagine. 
Um, but it takes the pressure off. It resets your, you know, courage is about attitude. It's the, it's, it, you know, it's the little uh, book, uh, the, the little train book, you know, story about, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Well, if you think you can, look, look what Winston Churchill did for England during the Second World War because of his attitude. Yeah. Never give up, never give up, never give up. That was his, one of his speeches, the whole thing. <laughs> and so, right? I mean, this is, this is what, you know, you have, to, you have to stay the course. I think for me personally, losing, losing a wife who was only 41 when she passed away, uh, losing or having a disabled son, you know, who has had lots of medical challenges and lots of problems and, and watching them, observing them, being so noble, mm. you know, it makes me that way. Mm. Makes me say, hey, I can do, you know, I, if I can, if I can have lived through that, I can handle anything, anything that comes my way. And, uh, you know, business is just, is one part of you. And it is like your child. If you're a real entrepreneur, that's how you feel about your business, right? It's a child. Sometimes it's a naughty child. Sometimes it's a good child, but it's a child, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I love, love the metaphor that you gave about the child. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that we can look around for inspiration of courage, because sometimes there are those moments where we need external examples or models you had you know what you went through with your wife and your and, and, and your son you know mm-hmm. having those experiences now i'm sure that this is they, they shaped a lot of your character a lot of your decisions a lot of your the way you decided to run your life and business and the way also you see life right. as well and you deal with challenges and i think that the invitation that i have here is for everyone well, and I know every time I, this podcast, I, I, I say a lot of time, I feel that they are very selfish project, this podcast, because I get so much from it. Um, just like a change in perspective of, okay, well, where else can I look when, you know, they have this moment and say, you know, why am I doing this? Uh, and, and these are all the conversation that actually a lot of people, you know, when you're starting a business, there is excitement, there is this, and then you go in the trenches and, you know, it, it is a lot, but, at the end, at the same time, it, it is it is worth it. Like is it, it's difficult to explain. No, yeah, but you're explaining it beautifully. Uh, it's like writing a book. It's the same experience. Writing a book um, is scary. You know, when I started, I knew nothing about writing books. I had written lots of little articles over the years, but not a book. And and I always admired pe- my friends and people I knew that wrote. You got a, got a book written. It's, it's a lot of work. It really is. But, um, and so I joined a group called the self-publishing school here in, in the United States. And well, they're all over the world now. And they taught me how, they taught me how to, you can find out anything. You just have to have the courage to go and do it. You know, so I don't know what to do. Well, go find out what to do. Go start digging. And I did research. And that's how I, I found that organization and now I know how to write a book. Now, when I write my second book, uh, it's going to be in that way easier. It's more difficult. It's a more difficult book. So it's going to be more difficult to write as I'm finding. But it's, but it's you know, the, the process because there's a lot of work. 
And then you haven't lived until, of course, you've met Amazon. And you have to follow Amazon's rules and their processes to get you yeah. Up, yeah. Uh, up on their system. You know, that in itself as a whole is another whole uh, podcast. <laughs> it's not I, I love it. I, I would love now to like because so we talked about courage. Right. Uh, we talked about uh, entrepreneurship and getting things started. We talked about diversity. We talked about inclusion. Um, one of the things I would love to talk about is purpose, because um, you know purpose. I think you know can be like that fire to get things started. But how do you know, or from from your experience and also what you wrote in your book, how how do you know you, you found it? Is that purpose? Or do you ever know? Like, is it a thing? Well, yeah, that's a great that's a great question. And 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 first of all, there are there are methods that we teach our coaching clients, for example, and others. There are methods to discovering your purpose, right? So um, and that's more um, checkbox stuff. You know, we gotta be careful of that too, because anybody can write wonderful words down uh, and then uh, and then post them somewhere on a plaque in the office and say, that's our, that's our purpose. Yeah. But if nobody else believes it, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I think it comes down to, you know, I worked in private industry for 24 years, <clears throat> eight different companies, eight different in- industries. Mm. And I was very successful. I climbed the ladder, you know, did the whole, and that's part of what I thought, gee, I want to be a vice president by the time I'm 40, you know, that, uh, that was young back, back in those days. Right. And, and, uh, uh, you know, when you, uh, but I was never satisfied, never, ever really satisfied. I didn't like some of the ways that senior management in those companies behaved, uh, you know, uh, I, I just told a story and I, I write a little thing called, uh, Monday message from Jerry every week. And, and I wrote this thing about a leader who I worked for, sadly, <laughs> who, who put this video out and said, we're going to have to downsize the business. We're going to, we're going to cut out some, you know, some people about 35% was pretty significant. Wow. That same day that he published that video, he took delivery on a brand new Mercedes Benz automobile publicly in the parking lot of the company. Uh, he, you know, he didn't understand his purpose there. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. It comes though. When I started my business, I worked harder than I had ever worked before for less money mm-hmm. and was way happier. Yeah. You got to love what you do. That's what purpose is. You got to love what you do. <laughs> Sit and think for a minute. What am I really passionate about now? Okay, maybe you're passionate about basketball, but maybe you realize because of your height or because of your age or because of your ankles, talent or your weak ankles or whatever, that you just, it's not your game. It's not your game. So I love music and I played music all my life and I was a music teacher, owned a music studio, you know, so, and I, and I, and I loved it until I went into the business. Mm. Hated the retail business. Absolutely hated it. Yeah. And pressure it put on my family life. So, you know, what did I most love to do? I loved when other people got it. I loved when I helped other people, you know, to, to succeed. That's what I love. And this business that I have is a vehicle to that. And so I fit. <laughs> I fit here. 
And I could say that of every one of my partners, every single one without hesitation, you know, and, and our staff, our staff feels the same way. They'll do anything. Yeah. Anything, you know, one of them was moving over the weekend and she wasn't even going to take any time off to move. I said, no, 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 no. You have to, you have to, you know, focus and concentrate on that. Don't worry about us. For, we'll get by for a couple of days. Don't worry. Right. But you get the idea, though. So if you passionately love what you do and you can find that. And 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 frankly, this is going to sound like a, a plug for both of us, because we're in the business of, of helping people realize their potential. And that is go get a coach. Go get somebody to help you. Some of you can bounce ideas off of that's not going to be judgmental. That's going to keep asking you questions until you figure out for yourself yeah. what it is. You know, that's... Uh, it, is, it is priceless because, uh, you know, right. with, uh, I, I have someone that I work with on a personal level because uh, I, I need it. <laughs> yeah. I need it to be able to function. At, and I think we all need that external perspective because we will naturally not go to certain places. Otherwise, we would already reach them. And what someone else does is being able to expand our mind, expand our horizon, holding us accountable to levels that uh, we might not even hold ourselves accountable for. Absolutely. I, I have a guy, Weldon Larson, that you know I've known for years. He was one of my uh, partners. He's sort of, I don't know what stage he's in right now. He's, a, he's another guy up in my age range. I don't know what, but Weldon's the kind of guy that will say, Jerry, We've talked about this before. You've not taken action. We have another call next week. Do not come back here without you having taken action on this item. And he does it in the kindest way. And then we say a prayer at the end of the, you know, at the end of the uh, discussion and away we, and away we go. Um, and, and, and I'll take it from him. I'll listen to him. I respect him. And I know he has the best interest of my company and myself in his, in his heart. And so there you go. So that's the kind of person, mentor, right? Or, or coach. Yeah. That's the kind of person. We all need that person, you know, in our lives. Uh, we, so, we do. And, and, and I'm curious, though, um, before we wrap up the topic of purpose, because I got one more question, another question I want to ask you. Um, you know, for some, for you, was it a process of trial and error? finding this business and the way you, you were fitting in uh, or did you start a business and you know, okay, this is me. So I'm going to start with my nickname that everybody that knows me well calls me, they call me bright, shiny man. <laughs> I'm so easily distracted by anything. That Squirrel. <laughs> Ooh, new, different, right? So there was no planning really. I mean, there, there was some, I'm actually a decent businessman. You know, I do look at profit and loss statements. I do study the numbers, you know, uh, we, we have a marketing plan, you know, we're, we're, we didn't stay around for 29 years by chance, Yeah, yeah. No. but, but most of it developed. I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I was an operations executive in private industry. So I know how to run a, an organization, a process. I, I know how to do that. But that doesn't even matter because when you get in your own business, first of all, generally for most of us, we don't have the same level of resources that we were used to. You know, I remember when my, when my uh, 
second wife joined, joined my business and she came out and she's looking all over the office and she says, where's the copier? I have some stuff I need to collate and print. And I said, you see that little box sitting on the desk over there? That's the copier and it does one at a time. I mean, you know, you know, our, our, our whole phone system was our fax machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have the resources to, you know, to do anything else. And so there was a lot of improvising and it's okay. I actually think it's healthy mm-hmm. uh, to get in there and struggle a bit. Um, uh, 35 cold calls a day and get phones slammed out in my ear and mm-hmm. all crazy stuff, right? But I think those are great lessons. I really actually, I feel for second generation people sometimes when they come into their parents' business and it's all sitting there and they didn't have the thrill of those days and all of that, you know, they just didn't have it. So, you know, yeah. I remember, um, because you you mentioned before about like your transition from music to human potential. And the fact that what inspired you was when people got it, when, you know, seeing their eyes lit up, when they had the aha moment or, and that's for me, what got me into the field of speaking, because uh, actually my background was in the catering industry and, uh, you know, any good Italian coming to the UK or another country, what do you do? Work in restaurants, right? And uh, that was the starting point. But what I loved about the catering industry and also why I had a really good career there. Um, managed my first Michelin star restaurant when I was 19. So I absolutely loved it. It was uh, making people happy. That's why I, it wasn't the love of being a waiter or the food. It was the love of people. It was the love of getting someone, you know, coming in after a tough day from the office or whatever they were coming from, or maybe having an argument with their partner and they were coming in a little frustrated and then leaving their room happier that they came in. That was my mission every single night. Okay. It wasn't. Uh, and which is very similar to what we're doing now, which is, <laughs> no, when you mentioned about music and business, uh, and this is an invitation for everyone who is listening. If you're, you know, maybe you're struggling to understand what's my purpose. Well, first of all, if you work with someone else, it's going to massively help you. And I'm sure that Jerry has some great resources around it. Uh, but also look at the, Look at what makes you normally happy or even in what you're doing. What are the patterns and how can you recreate them? Uh, now, you talk about the importance of a few elements, which is also core to, to your book. You talk about mutual benefit, respect, and trust. Mm-hmm. Why do you decide to write about this and what, what's the meaning of them? That has been our, our values proposition for the whole time we've had the business. And even though we go through strategic planning every year and revisit our vision, mission, values, our purpose, all of that good stuff, uh, that's something that has stayed here all 29 years. And that is because in any relationship, I don't care what kind of a relationship you're in, that your listeners are in, um, don't you need in any relation to have mutual benefit with each other? that you both gain something from that relationship. Um, So, you know, you're building your reputation through your podcasts and other vehicles. Uh, I'm building my reputation as an author. I'm building my business reputation. We we have mutual benefit uh, for each other. Uh, And you also have to, if it's going to be a sustainable relationship, you have to have respect. 
And respect does not mean I, I'll agree with whatever you say. So yeah, you're right, uh, Simona. You're absolutely right. And and that's you know that's not authentic. That's not real. What's real is that I don't necessarily agree with you know what you say, but I respect your right to say it and to feel that way. Now I might try to influence your thinking about things because that's the work I do, right? Um, but I'm still going to, in the end, respect it, even if you don't come there. Uh, and then finally, there, you can't have a relationship without trust. Think about every relationship in your life, those that have worked well and those that maybe have not worked as well, and what's the problem? I, I took a, a young, uh, uh, well, I took two boy, boys in and finished raising them. They were teenagers. Um, and one of them was on a serious marijuana user, serious. Uh, and he was failing in school and there was all kinds of stuff going on. He was 16. And he said to me once, you don't trust me. And I said, got it. You got it. Exactly right. And we can't have this relationship until I can trust you. Mm -hmm. And so what does that require? Where do we, what do we have to do to get there? Because if you can't get there, you can't have the relationship happily. We, we got there, but, but then he's, you know, he's gone on to be a really successful, everything, parent, business person, you know, he's had a very successful life. So, so, and I think that happens because when you, when you in a trust relationship, you can bring anything to that person that you trust and you can talk about it, even if it's difficult even if it's difficult and that's personal or otherwise. That's why I love Walden Larson because I can bring things to him. He's going to tell me straight. Tell you something, business partner and I have been in, in business for um, eight and a half years. And, uh, you know, after a couple of years, the honeymoon period, <laughs> even in business finishes and one of the and there were many times where we had conversations about you know what shall we just go separate ways you're going right. one way i'm going the other way close right. gtex and we had many conversations like this and also there were moments where in particular he wasn't happy like he didn't like anymore uh gtex like what we are doing as the company so he was just doing it but his passion wasn't there like he loved the corporate space he loved the consulting in corporate that's not the events that we were doing and uh, there is one thing that got us, that kept us together, uh, no matter the multiple times that we threatened to punch each other. And I'm glad that never that never happened because uh, he used to be used to do mixed martial arts, and I never had a fight in my life, so I would have the worst of it. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad that never happened. But the reason why we kept together for all these years because we trust each other. I know that he has my best interest at heart, and I've got his better, best interest at heart. So we sit down and we say, okay, what are we doing? Like, how, does, how can we figure this out? And, exactly. and um, we started a new, a new company where he could do the things that he wanted to do. And we said, okay, well, if you need some money from this company, like we, we always managed to make things work until also the other company was profitable and could send on his own. But that's because, uh, and now we are still business partner. We own a group of companies. We are shareholders in a group of companies and so on. So our relationship evolved, but it's because the mutual trust. If without that, the easiest solution would have been, you know what? You go your way, I go my way. And that's it. 
Absolutely. You, you just described our leadership team here and we fight like brothers and sisters. We really get into some conversations. We feel strongly about what we feel. Yeah. And, and in the end we say, you want to meet up for lunch next week? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, don't take it so seriously, you know, let's lighten up. Let's, let's, let's uh, value each other for who we are. I'll go into behavioral science area, which as I think, you know, is one of the underpinnings of our whole business. Our whole approach is the more I understand myself and others, the better off I'm going to be. And so uh, behaviorally opposites attract, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So if you're an extrovert, it's likely that your, your mate is an introvert, not always true, but generally true. Yeah. Generally true. How on earth does that work? Well, let's think about the divorce rate a minute. Maybe it doesn't. But 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 true. But well, that's because mutual benefit, respect, and trust doesn't exist. <laughs> that's that's why yeah. why a divorce happens, right? But but uh, think about that though. Think about you don't have to be alike in order to work together. In fact, sometimes. If everybody's core dominant, there's going to be a lot of fistfights, <laughs> you know, because strong personalities, right? Strong, strong personalities. And, and so uh, a lot of time, one of my favorite partners here, well, they all are, but one of my favorite, favorite partners is somebody that she's so opposite of me. I mean, our charts are inverted. She listens at such a high level. She's so intuitive. Mm-hmm process oriented. She's all the things that I am not. Yeah. I'm all the things that she is not. And together, when we go out together to help a client, it's, it's, it's pretty extraordinary because we bring something, each of us to the play that the other one doesn't have. I think here the game is finding and making the working dynamic work and understanding how the other person works and, um, and vice versa. Cause as you mentioned, my business partner is introverted. My wife is introverted. So they, they both don't mind being in public situations and they can be, they can do events, but not intrinsically, they get their energy when they're on their own space. And I'm like, for me, lockdown and not going out and not meeting people, that has oh. been like a prison. Like I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm a stage animal. Like give me a stage, give me people, give me an event with a thousand people. I'm on a buzz. I'm on a high. So I get, I get what you mean. I but the Lord brought you Zoom, and He did it before COVID. Yeah. And so think about that. Think about the fact that we had a way to communicate and see each other. You know, at a time when it would really have been tough yeah. on us extroverts. <laughs> I, I was thinking about what if this happened, like not even twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, even 10 years ago, the Zoom wasn't there. Is that, or there the was first few version of Skype and <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, right? We were uh, all getting ourselves over, over the systems not working, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I want to move now to the last part of the interview, which is uh, um, lifting the veil, um, where we ask our guests to share you know, some of the tools or books or things that they have found or discovered recently that is worth sharing. Um, what's that for you, Jerry? Well, you know, obviously, uh, everybody should read The Eccentric Entrepreneur. It's a two and a half hour read. Everybody should get a copy off of Amazon and either paperback and ebook or audio. Now it's just, we just published it in audio in June. Uh, it's a great uh, audio book because it's short. 
uh, everybody should read that because there's something in there for everybody, regardless of your level of business success or whatever. Uh, it's it's worth reading. Uh, and secondly, uh, one of my partners, Amy Riley, out of Chicago, wrote a book very recently. She published about I think she published in June, and it's called The Courage of a Leader. And you, if you really want to get your arms around courage and what it takes and how do you sustain it, read Amy's book. Also, of course, found on, on uh, Amazon uh, in various forms. She is, and she is, uh, in fact, you should definitely bring her on your show. How about that for a plug? Uh, <laughs> please connect, connect me with her. Please, you, please, please, please. He's a public speaker. She's sparkling. She, uh, she, she uh, recently, I don't know how recently, but won uh, an Ironman. So she did that 141 mile thing. Damn. Oh, yeah. This is, this is one heck of a woman. This is really a, a superstar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you'll really enjoy her. She's a great, she's, a, and she's, she's uh, typical of the kinds of people that we, that we surround ourselves with. So, so I really, I, I, I encourage that. Uh, I also would encourage that um, another of our partners, Skip Wilkins, who's uh, part of the senior squad here, um, is on August 31st, he is doing uh, a really unique webinar, free webinar, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time here in the U.S. And Skip's going to talk about uh, what is the methodology for leaders to communicate in a way that gets the kind of results they're trying to get. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even have, he hasn't given me a title yet for this, but, but that's the idea. Yeah. That's the idea. And he is, he, he, he knows more than the rest of, you know, he has forgotten as they say, more than the rest of us will know. He's really a talented, talented guy, fairly new with us about a year uh, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, those are my, those are my shameless plugs. Oh, thank you for sharing. So we have the the webinar coming up. So we will have the link that we'll put in the show notes. Uh, The book, The Courage of a Leader. So Mm -hmm. make sure you check the show notes. We'll put the links there. But let's talk about the eccentric entrepreneur. Uh, If someone wants to read it, um, uh, what is the best way to to get it? Well, and again, it depends on your, your style. I'm a guy that likes a book in his hand. So... You know, here's my here's my copy, right? There it is. <laughs> so I I enjoy that. Uh, but the ebook version, of course, for those that like to read on the screen, and then uh, really my favorite version that's come out is the audio version. It was done by a very talented guy out of Ohio that narrated it. Uh, what a voice he has! Amazing voice. Uh, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And there are sections in the book called uh, Thoughts to Ponder which is a place for you to begin to record your thoughts about whatever it is that we're talking about in that particular section. Um, so it's, it's, you want to get to your purpose. You want to get to your why that's a good start. And you can always listen to Simon Sinek and his famous uh, Ted talk on why, right. You know, wow. I'm definitely, the- I'm, I'm definitely going to get the audio book. I'm definitely going to get the audiobook. I'm, I prefer yeah. audiobooks. I love audiobooks. So uh, that's going to be my, my next credit on Audible. <laughs> on that. That's my next credit on Audible. Go on. Uh, Jerry, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, to, have a, to have you on the show. Um, 
a lot of great nuggets from uh, uh, your journey in entrepreneurship. We talk about purpose, courage, diversity and inclusion. We talk about trust. Uh, if you were to summarize or leave a final message to, to our listeners, uh, what would your final message be? You know, when we were talking pre-show, uh, you know, two things. Number one, you talked about expert business success. And the way you become an expert is to become a product of your product. And the way you do that is to dedicate yourself to the, to whatever work that you're in. Don't, don't go out and do, uh, do assessment work like we do and not be certified and not understand. Don't coach unless you understand the precepts of coaching, be an expert. Um, and, and while you're at it, find your why, because it's there. It exists in every one of us. Every one of us has so much potential to use uh, that, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're missing out on some of the real richness of our lives if we don't dive into that potential. Yeah. And every human being has some, everybody. Well, Jerry, thank you for being us on the show. Thank you for your final thoughts. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you enjoy the show, Make sure you subscribe uh, so you don't miss any other episode. And as well, if you like the episode, uh, don't forget to leave us uh, a review uh, where you can go on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast. I'm so used to say iTunes when you can go on Apple Podcast and then uh, let us know what did you enjoy the most. And, and is it for reviews are important. It's like the lifeblood of the, show, of the show. So if you enjoyed this episode, let us know what did you enjoy the most. And Jerry and I would definitely love to know. Having said that, Jerry, thank you again for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Simone. I appreciate it. And take care of that foot. I will. And ladies and gentlemen, always remember that together we grow exponentially. I'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week, we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us, and that's how you can help us grow the show. Also, remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes, or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.